holding on. I'm holding on to hope. I'm holding on to grace. I'm fully letting go. I surrender to your ways. Anchor for my soul. Father, you will never change. I love you. I love you. My great redeemer, my great redeemer, my constant friend, you are here. I faithful father, I faithful father, you took me in, you are
this place right now. The presence of God is here, amen. Moving in our lives, showing us who He is. Chains are breaking. If you'll just lean in, press in this moment, encounter a God that loves you, who wants you to see with His eyes. Oh, we love you, Lord. We lift up our praise unto you, you alone reign. God, I look to you. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision. See things like you do. God, I look to you. You where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. That you know just what to do. Yes, you do. Come on, we sing that together. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision. Give me vision. To see things like you do. God, I look to you. Oh, hallelujah, ah. 
Come on, you believe it today? Oh, hallelujah, our God reigns forever all my days. Hallelujah. Come on, if you believe it, will you lift up a shout right now? Just begin to worship. Hallelujah, our Hallelujah, forever all my days, I will praise Him. Can I get an amen from you? Welcome Rock Church Online Campus. Uh, we're so glad that you're joining us. My name is Mike and I'm the online campus pastor and I'm here at a Point Loma location. And uh, we're just, we're worshiping God together. Hopefully you're enjoying this time of just praising Him. I know that you guys are all watching on different devices and some of you are on on iPhones and iPads and some of you might even have an Android phone or an Android tablet I won't judge you for it um, but hey I just want to say no matter what you're watching from we are so glad you're here we're so glad that you're tuning in and we want to let you know that you're part of our rock family no matter where you are we have people watching all around the world we have people in in Kenya right we have people in Nigeria we have people in Sicily I mean all over the place and in, in all 50 states we have actually people watching in all 50 US states so we're just glad wherever you are let us know where you're watching from in the comments our chat host would love to just encourage you and and give you a like or a thumbs up or if you're on the online platform just just say welcome we're glad that you're here um, and and that you're tuning in you're part of this family no matter where you are amen Amen. Well, hey, I want to go ahead and read a Bible verse to you. Just something that is something we've probably heard thousands of times before. But I want to just mention one thing that I feel like is really important in this verse. And John 3.16, right? It's one of the most common spoken verses of all. And it's usually used in the context of salvation. And it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Right? It says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. This is, this is God showing us a character of giving. Right? God is a giver. God loves to give good gifts to His children. We see this theme happen over and over again in Scripture. And, and you know that you are made in the image of God. We're talking a lot about that as we're talking about racial unity, as we had our, our Race for Unity simulcast just on Saturday. 
Um, and we're talking so much about being made in the image of God. You were designed for a purpose. You were designed specifically to reflect the nature of God. And as God is a giver by nature, we are givers as well. And some of you may say, well, I don't have a whole lot to give. And I want to challenge you on that. You have so much to give. Maybe it's not financially. Maybe it's something that you can do to just open your house up to people that are in need. Or maybe open your house up for a Bible study. Or maybe, maybe you have a car that somebody needs to borrow. Or maybe, um, maybe you just have time that you can offer. Sometimes time is so important to go visit somebody in the hospital, to go visit somebody who's lonely. Um, I just want to encourage you that God is a giver. He's a giver of good gifts. He's a giver of good things. And if we were created in His image, which is what we believe, then we are givers as well. That's why Christmas season is so amazing. Not because we get presents, but because we get to go shopping. We get to think about what is it that that person really would love, and we get to give it to them. Amen? Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give right now. Um, to, if, if you want to give and you're on the online platform, there's going to be a give button. You're going to click that button. It's going to open up a brand new tab. You won't even lose the service. You'll still be able to hear the worship in the background, and you could give right now. Uh, and remember to give to the online campus if you want to continue giving to what we're doing online. And your, your finances obviously are going to God's kingdom and we're using it to, to reach people through digital evangelism. We're getting the gospel out to people online and to continue to grow this online campus. If you're on Facebook, Roku, Apple TV, any other platform, you can go ahead and open up a laptop, phone, visit sdrock.com give to make your offering. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for everything that you do for us, God. You are amazing. You are the giver of all good things, God. Lord, you are amazing, Father, and we look to you, God. Father, we pray that you would bless this giving. You bless our gifts right now, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
this difficult day, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. But more importantly, to say a prayer for our own country, which all of us love. You can be filled with bitterness and with hatred and greater polarization. Or we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, to understand compassion and love. Say Jesus! Can we all have a stand up? We want to welcome all our campuses, San Isidro, San Marcos, City Heights, East County, all the people watching online and, and uh, all the microsites. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. And if you were not here yesterday, we had an amazing event yesterday. Uh, we have, amen, 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 amen. We had... Uh, if you're new, my name is Miles. How you doing? I'm a pastor, and uh, <laughs> I always got to remember that. I, mean, I wrote a book called Third Option. It came out September 11th, and we had an event yesterday, simulcast, that went. I uh, feel you have 50,000 views. We had 600 sites, whether it be churches, businesses, homes, or whatever. Uh, over 1,100 shares, and uh, um, uh, it's all about racial unity and how the third option is that we honor what we have in common. Can I get amen? amen. Um, and so we had an event yesterday. I want to give a shout out. Uh, to all the staff and volunteers, team members who put that on because they did an amazing job. We worked a lot of months, a lot of hours, all nights, summer nights, uh, to get all the production ready. So if you could just thank all of them right now. God bless y'all. I got home, I, we, we, the event was from 9 to like 11.30. I got home at 6 o'clock last night, um, and I was like this. But I was so jacked up, I started calling people, hey, how was it? And no one was picking up their phone. They were all, everyone was like sleeping. But uh, uh, it, it was, we're all like so tired, but we're so excited to be here. Um, and we just want to pray. Uh, and let's pray for the East Coast. Um, we have friends. I have friends that uh, church is right in the eye of that storm. And, and we all know people and people we don't know. We just want to pray for our country and for, for, the, for the people suffering in that disaster. And, and let me say, um, however you can prepare for you to be displaced, just have that in the back of your mind. Because we sit on an earthquake. I mean, we're, we're, they keep talking about an earthquake, but let's not be surprised by it. Let's be ready. Not only ready for us, but ready to reach out to our neighbor. Amen. Um, and if they, if they tell you to get out, get out. And then let's, let's help somebody. Okay. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. We pray for the people back east. Um, we just pray for your protection, your grace, and, um, and more unity in our country. Uh, we just thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for our church. Thank you for yesterday and all the people who participated. It was awesome. Bless them. Um, bless uh, the third option in this movement. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, and all the campuses, everybody watching online, the microsites, if you can turn and find someone that doesn't look like you and give them a hug, hey, ask them their name and tell them they're beautiful. Tell them they're beautiful.
Okay, y'all ready? Let's do this. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. Lift it up and say word. One more time. Say word. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. First book. First page. Easy. I have a question for you. Do I have permission to challenge you today? <laughs> Can it get messy? Can I, do I have permission to get messy today? I'm, I'm going to challenge you and get messy anyway, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of prepare you that you're saying, okay, let's get messy. And I, and I, I want to do that every week, and I, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but I want to prepare you to take our challenge to the next level. Okay, if you're new, uh, we are week two uh, on a series called The Third Option. And every race conversation is about us versus them. And the third option is that we honor what we have in common. I want to do a little review before we get there, but I want to prepare you. We're going to take the challenge to another level today from last week. And if you weren't here last week, please get the message. If you didn't see what happened yesterday at the simulcast, please look at it. It will challenge you to another level. Let's do a review. If you were here, this is just a high-level review, so I'm not going to go through all this um, in depth, but I just want to kind of get our minds focused on the same thing. One of the things we talked about last week is that we were all have in-groups, groups that we're in, males a group, females a group, and then we have out-groups, groups that we're not in. And when you identify the groups that you're in, one of them being your ethnicity or your color, you, we express in-group bias where we are just naturally more comfortable and pref give more natural preferential treatment to them, not necessarily racist-wise, but just as our natural inclination. And by the way, one of the things we talked about last week is that you can be racially offensive and not necessarily be a racist. You say that out of ignorance, out of fear, or out of innocence, and someone just receives it. So we just want to acknowledge that. We also want to acknowledge that we have blind spots. We, we think we're one way when we're actually communicating something different. We want to know what those blind spots are. We had a challenge to rename those people as your brother or sister. No more those people. We're going to talk about that today as well. This is all going to prep us for today's challenge because we're going to take all this to the next level. Give in-group love to your out-group. Love people that are outside of your out-group that you don't relate to, that are not you're not familiar with. Relate to them and love them like the people in your in-group. Non-family members like family members. Acknowledge your, your brother and sister's color. Don't act like you don't see color because you do. The only time we say it is when we see color and we don't want to talk about it, okay? Acknowledge that we're, God made us differently because he's creative and all of it's beautiful. Everyone say, I'm beautiful. Very, look to the person next to you and say, you're beautiful. That is real simple, okay? Okay? I was going to tell you, look at the person next to you and say, you're white, you're black, you're Mexican and you're beautiful, but I don't want to trip you out. Maybe, maybe we'll do that in a couple of weeks, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. And by the way, please, please don't do that when you leave here. Hey, you're, I learned at church, I'm supposed to see your color. You're Mexican, you're beautiful. Just, just, just. <laughs> All that stuff, you guys just be sensitive. You got to be sensitive. You got to be sensitive. And let me tell you, sometimes when you don't know what to say, if you are sincere that takes care of a lot of wrong things. Just be, sin be, be sincere. Okay, next one. Every, view every conversation as a race consultation. Whenever you talk to somebody, you do see their color. You do acknowledge their, their accent, their hair. Let them self-disclose to you what they are. Don't, don't impose your assumptions on them. You, we all have assumptions. They come in an instant, right? The subconscious, they just boom. They, they come. Allow them to be challenged. If you hear someone's accent, don't assume anything about the accent. Let them self-disclose to you who they are and what they are. Can I get an amen? 
Give your heart to those who are not like you. If you do not put your heart in this, we're just talking. It's just for show. It's just for show. Okay, can I challenge you? Okay, I'm going to ask you one more time, and I want you to say yes or no out loud. And when I say I want to challenge you, this is going to get messy. It's going to get messy. Can I challenge you? Very good. Now, get, sit up in your seat. Put your booty back in your seat. That means to sit up straight and let's get ready. Let's get ready. It's going to get, I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to like, this, I don't like this. It's good, okay. That's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to grow. Okay. Um, I want you to, in the screen behind, on the screen behind me, there are a lot of faces. And I know all the campuses, you can't see all those faces clearly. It, and it doesn't matter because I'm not asking you to, to necessarily recognize anyone. But it, there's, there's faces from all around the world. I want you to either pick out the type of face or I want you to imagine the type of person, part of your outgroup, your racial, ethnic outgroup, that you have the most issue with. <laughs> it's going to get messy. I'm going to say some stuff that represents people's stuff. Now, you may, not, you may say, well, I don't have any issue. Okay. <laughs> cool. Bless you. <laughs> but for the rest of us, <laughs> it's that white person that you think is white privilege. It's that person that says that that you resent says that. It's that black person you think is taking advantage of the system. It's that immigrant that you think is taking your job. It's that person over there who's protesting that I disagree with. Are you feeling well? Are we getting messy here? I want you to think about that person. Or, or it's whatever person is over there that you just, in your private heart, your behind closed doors conversation, you are talking about. It's the white supremacist. It's the N-word that you use. Or whatever. All the different, the boater and all the different words people say. That, that's your issue. Now, now I'm not going to ask you to say it out loud. I'm not going to ask you. This is between you and God right now. But I want you to be honest with yourself because we could all talk about we love each other, but the, the country is so ridiculously divided and the church is so ridiculously segregated that there's something wrong in here. So I want you to, first, I want you to identify just one. <laughs> we may have multiples. Just try to just figure out one. And I want you to picture that one. Say amen if, you, if, you're, if you're understanding what I'm saying. Say amen. Okay, I, I just want you, and I want you to say, God, this is my issue. This is between you and God. We're not going to ask you to be, go public with this. God, this is my issue. I got an issue with this person. I got an issue with these. I don't understand. I disagree. I don't understand why they, okay. And by the way, this is your out group. Are you, uh, do you have that person? Say yes or no. Okay. And, 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 okay, we got that person. We're going to learn about why and how you need to honor them. And I want you to imagine that person the whole time I'm speaking, and I want you to give them this label. That is my neighbor. You just, I just described to you someone you need to label as your neighbor. Whatever label you have for them before, it was like two minutes ago, take that label off. That's not biblical. I want you to say that's my neighbor. Now, we all have brothers and sisters, biological brothers and sisters, biological uh, wives and husbands, family that we can't stand. Can I get amen? But you're a family. <laughs> that's my brother. That's my, that's my cousin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's still your family. <laughs> it's still your family. I, when I was in college, I had a, a, a family, the Vendetto family. Hopefully they're watching. 
And uh, they were Italian family, East Coast Italian family, um, and I was their family. No, 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 I am their family. They adopted, when I say adopted me, he was my co-captain of the football team. We're family for life, period. The three brothers, uh, 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 four guys and one girl, they are my family. That, that's the label they've given me, and that's what we are. Okay, so I want you to imagine that person you described in the beginning that you have angst with, that's your family. Now you have to deal with, okay, now i got to honor them. But why? What does the Bible say? Because it's so important when we talk about honoring people and honoring something about them that we understand why. Because when you leave here, or even maybe before you leave here, because that person may be sitting behind you. When you leave here and you see that person, that you don't see what you used to see. That you see what God wants you to see and you treat them as God wants you to see them. That's the message of this book. Is how we can get together. Can I get an amen? Okay, let's give you, let, let me read something to you, the, this Declaration of Independence. And we're, of course, we're going to go to the Bible, but I want to read this to you because this is part of chapter 2 in the book called Unalienable Honor. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Everyone say self-evident. Some stuff is just obvious. Just obvious. That all men are created equal. It should be obvious to you that you've been given the ability and responsibility to acknowledge that. God has not put in you that some men are not equal, that we're all equal. Culture has poisoned us to say that person's not as good as me or that person's better than me. And sometimes only because of what they have. They have a better car, so they're better than you. They have, they have different color skin or they have, they're prettier. Prettier people are better than ugly people. Well, who decides pretty and ugly? So it's, it's so skewed. This is, it's so self-evident. All people, that they are endowed by their creator. Creator. There's a God in heaven who creates with certain unalienable rights. Everyone say unalienable. That's a hard word, but that's the word we're going to talk about today. This word right here. Unalienable rights that are among these life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What is unalienable? We're going to talk about unalienable honor. Because when you think of your neighbor, the person we described, you, you have an unalienable, there are, there are three unalienable facts about you and me and them. And there are three unalienable responsibilities that we have. What does unalienable mean? It means that you have been given something freely, not of your own merit. God has given you something that you did not deserve, that you do not deserve, that you cannot repay him for, you did not buy. He just gave it to you. Genesis chapter 1, 26. Says, let us make, God said, let us make man our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the ground. And by the way, some of those creeps got people, but that's another story. <laughs> Ladies, can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. <laughs> I dated that fool last year. <laughs> so God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created a male and female. And he said to them, is that it? He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God said every single person, remember your, your neighbor, everyone say my neighbor. Think of that person. I don't want you to think about your family. I want you to think about that person we talked about in the beginning. I want you to think about your neighbor. God said about your neighbor, I have blessed you with my image. God said about you, I have blessed you with my image. And God said about both of y'all, neither one of y'all deserved it. I just gave it to you. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Number two, uh, uh, next point. Honor, honor is to place 
a priceless value on something. When we talk about, when this whole book talks about honoring people, it talks about placing a high value on something that they have. It's not something they do for you. That when you see your neighbor, place a high value, higher than your fear, higher than your anger, higher than your resentment. More important, let it overshadow all the negative thoughts you have about them. Place a high value on the unalienable characteristic of them. What is that? The next thing, the image of God. That God made them in your image. Think about that person. That person you can't stand. Or that person that just gives you angst. The person you're just tired of seeing this image about them. Tired of hearing them say this. That person, that group, God said about them, I made them in my image just like I made it in your image. And guess what? The image I put in them is the same image that's in you. Are you all following me? Three facts and three responsibilities. Fact number one, it was undeservedly given. Genesis 1.26, we just read about it. You did not deserve it. Say, God, I don't deserve to be made in God's image. Say that. God's image is your ability to walk with God, your ability to have a relationship with God, your ability to express the compassion of God, your ability to express the love of God, to experience the love of God, to receive the blessings of God, to understand his word, to reflect his word, to have dominion, have authority in a way that honors him. God gave you that opportunity. He gave you that responsibility. He gave you, he gave you that ability and you did not deserve it. He just loved you. That's it. And you need to walk in that with no self-righteousness at all because he could snatch it away anytime he wants. He doesn't because he's so gracious. He made you in his image like a, like a glove is made in the image of a hand. If you, have, if you have a glove, especially if you have the glove with the fingers, I hated growing up the mittens that were like that because that's not how my hand is made. Right? They should outlaw those gloves because that's not how your hand is made. Your hand is made with five fingers. And, when, and especially when you're in a snowball fight, you can't do a snowball fight with those, that, that thing, that, that pancake thing that you put your hand in. You got to have, have this. And, and he made... Us in his image, like a glove is made in the image of a hand, so the hand can fit in the glove and the hand can move. So you, you, you were under, it was undeservedly given to you. Uh, let it be. The image of God in you can acknowledge itself in other people. Whether you are a Christian or not, you can acknowledge honor. You can acknowledge unfairness. When you see people do something honorable or disgraceful like abuse a child. The horrible stories we hear on television about how people treat other people, whether it be abusing children or enslaving people or raping women. That's like your heart just knows. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 2, this is a very powerful verse for people who don't know Christ. What about all the people who never heard of Christ, they never heard the gospel? God has put his conscience in them. We know Christians, non-Christians, that sometimes have a clearer conscience than Christians. Look what it says in Romans chapter 2, verse 12. For as many as have sinned without the law, Old Testament law, will also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. People who don't know the Bible, never heard the Bible, they're going to be judged by that. And it says, for not hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but doers of the law. Just because you go to church, just because you have the Bible, don't mean you're good. You've got to do it. 
For when Gentiles who do not have the law, people, non-Jews who don't have the Bible, do by nature the things in the law. How many of you, show of hands if you know non-Christians who are more honest than some Christians you know? It's like, how is that? Why? Because God made us in his image. So he made us to have honesty, love, compassion, patience. And so when we accept the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit just empowers those things. Okay? And then it says, when they by nature do the things in the law, although not having the law, when they by nature do the things that's in the Bible without having the Bible, they are a law unto themselves. Now, it doesn't mean that people can reject the Bible when they know it. This is, just, this is how people were made in preparation to receive the word of God. Who show the work of the law written on their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness. Whether you're a believer or not, there's some things you hear and go, that's honorable. That's dishonorable. Sometimes those things are enhanced by our culture. In other words, we are taught some things culturally, but some things we just know. There was a football player named Pat Tillman Played in the NFL. Y'all know Pat Tillman? Pat Tillman played in the NFL. He, was, he played defensive back. Same, same position I did. The dude was a stud. And right after 9-11, he turned down a $3.6 million contract, went to the military, Army, Special Forces, and he fought in the Middle East and was killed. At first they said that he was killed by the enemy. Come to find out, he was killed by friendly fire. That's Pat Tillman. If you ever heard of someone having a chiseled face, that brother got a chiseled face. <laughs> Can I get amen? <laughs> I mean, that dude has a chiseled face. He, 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 he looks the part. And he is the real deal. You just know. Now, can we get messy here? Can we get messy? You may look at that. Some of y'all may be thinking, well, those NFL players that are kneeling. They need to take a lesson from him. Ah, one doesn't have to be wrong for the other to be right. That's an us and them mentality. Remember we talked about last week, we didn't talk about that issue, but we talked about things. You always want to make sure you know all the facts. His name was invoked in that discussion, and his wife said this to that discussion. Basically, keep my husband's name out of it. That's my words. That wasn't her words. She was like, watch out now. No, she didn't say it. <laughs> this is what she said. The very action of self-expression and the freedom to speak from one's heart, no matter their views, is what Pat and so many other Americans have given their lives for. This is her statement. I'm not arguing either way. But what I'm saying is that you can acknowledge it. There are going to be some times when you don't actually acknowledge it. You don't recognize it. That's where God's going to work on our hearts because that creates the us versus them. Doesn't mean you can't agree with something. But we just want to make sure we have all the information. Number so let us see. Our God image is grieved when it's compromised. It's grieved because there are certain things that we acknowledge as right or wrong. And it grieves us because God wants us to say, mmm. You know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit can be grieved when we do stuff that's inconsistent with the heart of God, like judge people, like look at someone and come up with an assumption with somebody when we don't know all the facts. We talk about so much that in our in-group, we know about our in-group, but we don't know about our out-group. So we want to be very careful not to judge our out-group. We want to be sure that when we're making opinions about other people, we know all the information and not 
making opinions based on a little bit of information, the image of God, we have an unalienable responsibility not to grieve God, to get all the information, especially when we're looking at other people and placing judgment on them. Three responsibilities of our unalienable responsibilities. Number one is life. Our image of God is a lover of people. This is something we cannot negotiate. (laughs) Think about your neighbor. Everyone say neighbor. Neighbor. Say neighbor. Neighbor. It is a non-negotiable to love your neighbor. Say neighbor. Neighbor. Think about that person. Look what it says. The Bible says, life, our God image is a lover of people. That is a unalienable, unearned responsibility given to us by God that we cannot negotiate out of. We didn't ask for it. God says, your requirement is to love your neighbor as yourself. There are some commandments more important than others, just like there are some sins worse than others. I know you might have heard all sins are the same. They're not. They're not. All commandments aren't the same. They're not. They asked Jesus, Jesus, there's a lot of commandments. What's the number one commandment? Oh, he said, I'll tell you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Matthew 22, 37. That's number one. That's more important than every other commandment. So don't obey a minor commandment thinking you're off the hook for the most important commandment. Well, I'm going to go to church, but I ain't going to love my neighbor. Then number two, it says, this is the second commandment. You shall love your neighbor. Everyone say neighbor. Oh, that's that guy or that girl on the screen that you had in your head. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, come on, God, for real, for real, though. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang the law and the prophets, which is another way of saying the whole Bible. If you can do these two things, everything else works. Can I get an amen? So I go back, so I go back to, I go back to who's your neighbor? Remember, it's my in-group and my out-group. I'm over here. In my in-group, we all know each other. We all understand each other. I feel more comfortable over here. I don't understand my out-group. I'm not feeling uncomfortable. But my neighbor that I described at the beginning of this service that I have angst with, he or she's over there. And God says the best thing you could do is love your neighbor. First thing you do, you need to love them. What does that mean? You need to do whatever you can out of obedience to me to help them obey me. You need to do everything you can in the way that I would, God's saying to you, the way that I would with the patience and love and compassion and sensitivity, you need to do everything you can with my heart to help them walk with me. Because I made them, just like I made you in my image, with the ability to have a relationship with me. Not to do what you want, not to, do what, not to impose your ideas that are, that are misinformed because they're your outgroup, so you really don't know about them. So I want you to just do whatever you can with my heart, my mind, to help them obey me. Can I get amen if this makes sense to you? Amen. That, that, that's... Our unalienable, unearned, non-negotiable responsibility. Number two, liberty, life, liberty. Our God image is a protector of justice. One of the, one of the biggest mistakes Christians are making today in this discussion about race and the us versus them of all the us versus them culture issues when it comes to justice. You'll hear, oh, just preach Jesus. Just preach the gospel. Well, let's be clear. Preaching the gospel is not only saying Jesus loves you and he died for you. It's living it. And part of that is justice. God 
is a just God. He's a king. He has laws. He's going to mete out justice. And he wants to do that here. We are sinners. We are unfair with justice. <laughs> we impose imbalance in justice in our culture, in the world. People are power grabbers. Governments, systems, individuals. Lord, fill my heart with your love, and I want to express your heart as a God of justice. Look what it says in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Micah 6, verse 8, it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require? That you do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly before your God. Matthew 12, 18. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit on him. He's talking about Christ. And he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out. Everyone say justice. Oh, here's your in-group. Here's your out-group. Can we get messy now? Come on now. Can we get messy? Here's my in-group. Here's my out-group. These are the people who are not like me, and these are the people that sometimes I give a label that dehumanizes them. They are lower than me. Those words we talked about in the very beginning of the service. We dehumanize them by our critical labels we put on them. And when we dehumanize them, listen to what I'm saying. When you dehumanize someone by putting a label on them, you have no problem or less problem with them being mistreated or treated differently than you would want to be treated. Because they are less than you, so they deserve less than you because they are not at your level. The Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if they're not your neighbor, you don't need to love them as yourself because they're not your neighbor. That's why you've got to put neighbor on them. But if, they're, if they are, and we got all those derogatory terms, if that's what you see them as, well, they're less than them. They're less than you. So they can receive less justice. This has to be, this is something that you have to think about in your heart. When you watch the television or you hear rumors or whatever, you drive down the street and you see somebody or you interact with someone at your job and, and whatever derogatory term you have, whatever they look like. And by the way, trust me when I'm saying this, they look like everybody. Everybody has put this label on somebody. Or in other words, all of us have this label put on us by somebody. All of us. Can I get an amen? If you don't want to admit it, it's true. There's someone who looks at you with disdain. I want to tell you a story. There was a young man named Khalif Browder in 2010. He lived in the Bronx, New York. And by the way, this kind of thing happens in all shapes of colors. Unfortunately, a high percentage of people of color, but it happens to all shapes of colors. He was walking down the street, and the cops roll up on him, and someone in the car says, he stole my backpack. And in the backpack, he had like an iPad or whatever, whatever. And he said, I didn't steal your backpack. He was arrested. Khalif Browder was arrested. He was 16 years old. He went to Rikers Island, which is one of the most violent prisons in the country, and he's 16. He spent over 1,000 days, which is over three years in that prison, for, stealing, for being accused of stealing a backpack. His bail was $3,000. He couldn't afford $3,000. So he spent three years in prison, 700 days in solitary confinement for being accused of stealing a backpack. There's videotape of him being beat by groups of inmates and guards at different times. He was offered multiple plea deals. Why don't you just admit to it and we'll let you out. He said, I didn't do it. Multiple, we'll let you out. You won't have to get beat. We'll get you out of solitary confinement. He kept saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. After over 1,000 days in prison, they let him out with no trial. And they dropped the charges. One reason, because they had no evidence. And the guy who accused them fled the country. 
Now, if you're not sitting there going, there's something very wrong with that story. If you're not saying that, there's something very wrong with your logic. And if you could think about the things that you have done, not being accused of, because he didn't do it, things that you have done. Imagine you spending 300 days, 1,000 days, three years in prison, almost two years in solitary confinement. Whenever you hear the term uh, criminal justice reform, that's what it's talking about. That that stuff should not happen. He never had a trial. It's not part of our system. He gets out of prison, and shortly after he got out, he killed himself. When you're, this is your in-group, and this is your out-group, and your out-group is experiencing stuff like that, but that's not part of your knowledge. And your out-group was responding to stuff like that, but that's not part of your world, and you kind of think that can't really happen, but it happens all the time. You, we have unalienable responsibility to at least know that. And by the way, when you see guys kneeling, whether you agree with the kneeling or not, I'm not here to promote one side or the other other than to think about the facts, what you don't know about the kneeling, that's what they're kneeling about, that that shouldn't happen. Now, <laughs> let me say this emphatically about kneeling, because the, th the third option is, you know, it's one side against the other. The third option says, can we think about it differently? And when it becomes to the kneeling issue or any issue, my challenge is not to pick a side as much as to just be informed and don't, as this in-group, just make an opinion based on a little bit of information. And then you can, you can still say, I still disagree. Fine, you have a right to do that. Great. But at least you have. So when you think of your neighbor and the things we say about our neighbor, we want to be informed about what, they're, what we don't know about them. What we assume about all white people is not true. <laughs> what you assume about all black people is not true. What you assume about all Mexicans is not true. It's just not. And so you want to stand up and say, I need to be informed. And here's the tension. Here's the tension. Because if this is your in-group, right? And those people, whoever they are I just mentioned, are your out-group. And you're over here and you're saying, well, if I agree, that means I'm selling out to my in-group. Yeah, you'll feel that way. That's why this is messy. But your ultimate in-group is the family of God. And so if you're stuck, <laughs> if, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Are we getting, have we gotten messy yet? Oh, yeah, good, good, good. So when you see, oh, let me do one more because our time is running out. Oh, yeah, this is good. This is number three, number three. Our, the pursuit of happiness. Our God image is an investor in dreams. Some of y'all are jacked up right now. I know you're saying, ah, I can't stand here. It's messing me up. It's messing me up. Yes, it should mess you up because you may have come in here and had thought these ideas. I have a decision. I know what I believe about this. It's like, no, let it be challenged. Let it be challenged. Why? Because some of the people you think are wrong could actually be right. And by the way, listen to this. And you could be right too. You both can be right. Making them right doesn't make you necessarily wrong. That's the third option, is that we can walk together. And we can understand how to understand each other better. And this is the last one. Look what it says in, in number three. 2 Corinthians 1.20. All God's promises are yes. Everybody, Khalif Browder had a yes on his life. 
You have a yes on your life. Every single one of you have a yes on your life. And you want to ask God, God, I see life through these glasses. We talked about social narrative, which is a story that defines how you see the world. It's what you learn when you grew up from your parents and your family, your neighborhood and television, how you learn, how you learn to interpret the world. It's flawed. For all of us, we, only, we had a very narrow, limited education. It was our family out of six billion people. A hundred people shaped how we saw everybody. It's very limited. And what you want, God, 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 show me a different perspective. Show me what I don't know about my outgroup. That's what this is about. Don't make me, don't come to church to say, Lord, just make me feel comfortable here and justify that I'm right and they're wrong. No, no, no. Show me how I can be more like you. Because those people, those people are made in the same image that I'm, that's my neighbor, that's my brother, that's my sister. So here's my last thing to you. The pursuit of happiness. Everybody has a yes on their life. I pray that God bring your neighbor to your face today. That you're, you're in Starbucks and that neighbor is standing right in front of you and they turn around and say, can I borrow a dollar? You go, oh, snap, right now, right now, right now. I was on a plane the other day and this, and this lady, she was sitting in front of me and we didn't talk at all. <laughs> we just didn't talk. And she was getting a bed. She got out of her seat, and I'm standing here waiting to get out the plane. And she, she's in front of me, and she just does this. And I'm like, D you want me to get a bag? She said, no. She's standing at me. I, I, I still don't know what that was all about. But I was like, hey, you know, I don't know what this is about, but we got to go that way. <laughs> so she turned around and left. My prayer is that your outgroup person, your neighbor, just comes by, God brings them, and you have, a, you have the opportunity to do this. Speak life to the yes. Say hello. Allow your bias to be challenged, your thoughts, your assumptions, to be challenged. Take all the other labels off them. Look them in the eye. The Bible says the eye is a lamp to the soul. And say, how are you? Can I pray for you? What's your name? Can I help you? Do it. Remember, they're made in the image of God. And by the way, if they blow you off, don't worry about it. Pain and rejection is way overrated. <laughs> it's way overrated. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Especially when you, when you take it and you go, I'm still alive. So you're, like, you're like Scarface. I take your bullets. Go ahead. I take your bullets. <laughs> I, was, I, I was signing books uh, last week, or yesterday, at the simulcast, and this lady comes up to me. She, after she told me what she told me, we both started crying. She said 16 years ago, I think it was 16 years ago, my daughter was walking out of In-N-Out, fine dining, San Diego fine dining. My daughter was drunk, and you stopped her, and you spoke to her, and you challenged her in her life. You asked her what was she doing with her life, and it was, I vaguely remember what she was saying, but basically how you doing, what's going on, what are you doing, what do you want to do with your life, and she took it to heart. 
And she goes to the rock now with her mom. She changed her life. And I said to her, I said to her mom, I said, did I, did, I, did I know your daughter before that? Did she know me? She said, no, you didn't know each other. Now, I don't know what prompted me to do that. And I know that all of y'all aren't like, want, like to talk to strangers. Some of you just like to, you know, you know, just want to get to your car. But here's my challenge to you. That may be just you. In other words, God gave you a mouth to talk, gave you eyes to see and ears to hear. That you say, Holy Spirit, use me. Send my neighbor to my life because I need to expand my outgroup. And I know it's going to get messy and uncomfortable, but that's okay because I'll get over it and I'll be a better person because of it. And I want to, I want to understand what I don't understand because I, I know I don't know everything. So expand it. Give me courage and boldness to live out the third option and to be a light to this world. Can I get amen? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Come on. Real quick, I want to I say a word of prayer for you. I want to say a word of prayer for you. Uh, but before, I want to do a declaration. I want to shout this out loud. If you could put the declaration on. This is a declaration of unity that we're going we're gonna to shout out. And we're going to declare over our life and over our country and our church. Can I get amen? Amen. So you, I want you to declare this with me. And then I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would purify. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pray for you first. Here's my prayer. My prayer is that anything that was bothering you when, you when we started this, you said, ah, I don't like this person. Ah, and now I'm dealing with this. Now I got to, maybe, maybe I'm wrong in this. And, and by the way, you, someone else being right doesn't make you wrong. It just means that you expanded your understanding. It's not an either or. There's a third option. Are you following what I'm saying? You have to accept that. And so, so, so I want to pray that God would jack you up today. <laughs> Close your eyes real quick and let me just pray for you. Lord, I pray every single person in here. I pray. That whatever's bothering them right now, that they're like disturbed. I pray they dwell on it. Think about it and, and, and surrender it to you. Engage it. Understand. What are you doing in their heart? How are you expanding their outgroup, their in-group? How are you eliminating their outgroup? Give them courage and boldness to speak life into people that are different. To affirm yes on people. To look them in the eye. And say, God believes in you. He loves you. I may not understand, but that's okay because God does. And you were made in his image like me. And we can have a relationship. We can at least pray together. We can at least break bread together. We can at least understand that you have a dream like I have a dream. And Lord, I pray you develop relationships that people would never thought they would ever have. Lord, if Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart can have a show together. Oh my goodness. That's out group, in group on steroids. And what an amazing, amazing testimony. But Lord, we have the Spirit of God. We should be able to do that. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Everybody in all the campus, stand up. We're going to do this real quick. Just stand up real quick. Sorry. Sorry. Stand up real quick. Are you all jacked up today? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Was it messy enough? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Let's say this out loud. We're going to say this out loud. I'm going to say it, then you repeat after me. This is a, a, a third option, declaration of unity. Everyone say, say today. today. Say your name. Say, 
join my heart with my brothers and sisters as we humble ourselves before each other and before God. Today, I pledge to love, forgive, and move towards those I previously held at arm's length because of their ethnicity or color. Today, I give God permission to search my heart oh, for any impure motive in how I view others of a different color or ethnicity. Come on, take a deep breath in. Say today, I, I ask forgiveness for any pain I may have caused those who look different than me. Today, I pledge a willingness to learn about the racial blind spots and biases that I have. Today, I pledge to look for ways, to look for ways, do this with me, to look for ways to extend the blessings of God that God has given to me to encourage my brothers and sisters of all colors and ethnicities. Today, I will begin honoring the priceless eternal value of all people, no matter their color or ethnicity. Today, today, I surrender any cultural arrogance toward other ethnicities and cultures while pledging to adopt a posture of learning and appreciation. Today, I pledge to eliminate all dishonoring titles towards others and see everyone as my neighbor. Someone to love, not hate. Someone to lift up, not build down, not hold down. Today, I stand in unity with my brothers and sisters right here and now as we reject the cultural options of division and choose the third option, which is an honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen, amen, Rock Church. <laughs> no? In Jesus' name. Amen. Before you move, I love all y'all. I love all y'all. God is doing something. Let God do in your heart what he's doing in your heart. And if anything offended you today, take that offense, take it to God. And say, God, Help me with this. Help me with this. And if you can't get over and think I offended you, just forgive me. And then come back next week and let's keep going. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> See you in the bookstore. <laughs>
Amen, amen. Hey, will you choose the third option, which is honor? Are you going to choose to see the value in each and every person? I'm going to encourage you to do that, to, to choose to honor each and every individual despite their race, despite their gender, despite their age. I want you to see the image of God in every single human being. I'm going to work on it myself. Uh, I, we all have areas that we can grow in, and I just want to encourage you to take that leap of faith and to ask yourself every day to look for ways to honor and value people, each and every person that you come in contact with. Amen? If you were impacted by the message in any way and you'd like us to follow up with you, click that Next Steps button. We'd love to follow up, give you some resources, give you some scriptures, and just encourage you, maybe even help you get connected to a small group or community in your area. So go ahead, fill out that Next Steps button. And of course, I always want to mention Life Class because Life Class is online and it's an opportunity for you to learn how God designed you, how He created you. And it's not just spiritual gifts test, you're gonna learn so much, but there is a test in there that I took. It was the it was the spiritual gifts test, and it was so awesome because it was confirming for what I, I originally believed walking into it were my spiritual gifts. I, I believe that I was a pastor and that I was a teacher, and that's what I really enjoy doing. I feel like the Lord has given me some giftings in it, 